Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From NJ.com, this is Talk is Cheap, a New York Giants podcast. We're talking big blue football all year round. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt back here for the latest episode of the Talk is Cheap podcast. I am here with Daryl Slater. Um, Somehow, the Giants lost again. It was never close. And yet, we still have to sit here and talk about the playoffs because the NFC East is just a complete dumpster fire like we all ways knew it was the Giants lost they were the first game out of the NFC East teams uh, last Sunday they lost in a way that I think everybody just kind of assumed their season was over I wouldn't be surprised if in the locker room they felt that way maybe I mean they all talk about how they weren't paying attention to the game but um, so then you go you go to the afternoon games and Washington out of the gate is just getting killed and we're like all right well that that game we could we not even worth tracking anymore and the Eagles come out and they look like they're gonna kill um, the Cowboys, uh, they have, they go up like 14 to zero or whatever it is. And then they, they get blown out in the end. Um, it was a, a really, I know even for you specifically, as you were writing about like the implications of whether the giants were eliminated or whether they were still in it, <laughs> like we were texting each other throughout it, but that, that was a, that was an interesting evening, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I had a story written actually <laughs> that the giants were eliminated because they needed two things to happen for them to stay in the in the race. And I had written previously all these items about how they would, you know, win a tiebreaker in the very situation that we're in now looking at right now, uh, that they're in, um, with every, you know, with all these teams finishing one, one, one and one and the giants winning the division at six and 10 and how they win it with a three way tiebreaker, all the things that I wound up having to scramble to copy and paste (laughs) into the story that got totally overhauled. Um, but obviously it wasn't, you know, you could tell the Cowboy game was tipping that way. After a little while, the Eagles yeah. had kind of just reached the end of their rope uh, this season. And, uh, of course, Washington just completely listless with without, uh, without Alex Smith. And uh, Dwayne Haskins, total disaster on every front. Uh, Not know. even on the team anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, here the Giants are with a chance to win it at six and ten and, and, and make the play and ho- host a playoff game, which is like insane. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure that there's never been a six and ten division champion. There hasn't. No, this would be the first one. And this there's would be the first one. And and so I think Washington, Dallas, and the Giants, uh, their record at various points of the season was bad enough that no team with that record has ever made the playoffs. So the Giants would be the first team to ever start one and seven and make it as well. Which I mean, it's kind of it's always crazy when there's still records like that that are happening like a hundred years into the NFL. Um, but. I mean, it, it also makes sense when you think about how hard it is to come back from being one and seven. You have to be in a historically bad division, which they're in, 
Um, and so they're still in it. But like, I mean, we can we can even use this as a chance to like talk about this last game because like they've looked bad the last three weeks um, on both sides of the ball. Really, I mean, the defense, you know, they haven't been always been put in the best position by the offense. Uh, I think a couple weeks ago they kept having the like the who was it the Cardinals or maybe it was the Browns where the, the Browns kept having the field position like at midfield because special teams kept messing up or you know they were turning it over or whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, these last three weeks the offense has just been non-existent. Uh, this last week, the defense's weaknesses were exposed, and Patrick Graham, there was nothing that even he could do to scheme around it because the Ravens, they were like, we're going to run the ball down your throats, and you're, there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. And when they passed it, they weren't getting pressure on him. They, like, the pass rusher, like, it almost emerged as, like, like you could – I could I, – I still probably think receiver is, like, the more impactful thing they need to get just in terms of, like, this is an offensive league and they can't score. But, like – you can make the case that pass rusher is their biggest need this offseason too. I think major just, issue and Steve Bullard wrote about it coming out of the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, just to, to be there's a lot of mobile quarterbacks in the NFL now, and you need to be able to have guys that can get in that they can get off their blocks. And you know, the secondary you know, they have some pieces back there, but they're only as good as the front. And the front Leonard Williams has kind of gone invisible the last three weeks, um, and they just don't have the outside linebackers to to rush the passer and. You know, Blake Martinez is fine, but, you know, the, the other inside linebacker is Mr. Irrelevant. So, like, you, th- their weaknesses, like, they were able to hide them for so long this season uh, through schemes and, you know, being creative. And they kind of just ran out of that. And th- they're kind of are who they are. And it kind of just goes back to what we always talk about with Dave Gettleman. But, like, I, based on what I've seen the last three weeks, I have no reason to think they're going to beat the – I know the Cowboys are always liable to blow blow it. But I've seen nothing to believe they can stop. Number one, stop the Cowboys' offense, which has averaged like 35 points a game the last three weeks. And number two, that this uh, offense can score on anybody, even if the Cowboys' defense is as bad as it is. Yeah, look, I mean, the Giants have been bad on both sides of the ball the past three weeks. The bottom line is they they have to win. The people are forgetting they have to win this game on Sunday to even yeah. to even, even be yeah. But even then, the even, even then, they might not get in still. Yeah, You're right. Of course, of course, but they still have to do their part. When they, and they haven't even come close to doing their part the past three weeks against against good teams. Now is Dallas is not is obviously not as good as Arizona, Cleveland, or Baltimore, of course. Um, but they're they're still a team with more firepower than the Giants and the team that's playing better right now. The the, the Giants are playing are playing poorly, albeit against, you know, better competition than the Cowboys. The Cowboys are playing quite well and they're and they're surging here and they're in the same, you know, three game winning streak against, you know, Bengals, Niners, Eagles, not great. But we talked about this very situation, I think a month ago, five weeks ago, you said it. I mean, look at the, he said you said look at the Cowboys' schedule down the stretch. He's you know you were saying I think they might be able to late surge win the division and, and maybe they will maybe they will and so that's where the Giants are at. They're not playing well on either side of the ball. Entering a game against uh, a Zeke Elliott uh, team who, and Zeke Elliott coming off his best game of the season. He's had a down year. Yeah. The Giants' run defense coming off uh, probably its worst game of the season against the Ravens. So this doesn't line up great for the Giants because look I mean it's not like their offense is just playing poorly they've they've been a disaster on defense the last three weeks they have not played any of these teams close so they're going to need need a big time reversal of 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 those fortunes and they're going to need Daniel Jones to really have enough firepower to keep up with this Cowboys offense because I don't see the Giants defense limiting uh limiting even with Andy Dalton the quarterback the Cowboys offense to a, a slow day so uh, that's that's sort of how I see it, and of course, if they don't win the game, then the, the, the night game means nothing for them. Yeah, I, I mean, and this is always the discussion around the Cowboys. Like they, everybody was picking them to win 
the division, and there a lot of t- people were picking them to be an NFC contender. That obviously was overdone, but it's because you look at the firepower they have on offense. Um, like it, you, you almost like just wonder, like you know, we'd actually be able to evaluate Daniel Jones if he had Cowboys weapons. <laughs> I mean, they spent a lot to get them. You know, they picked Zeke Elliott second overall or whatever it was, or fourth, or I think he was fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, traded a first round pick for Amari Cooper, drafted Ceedee Lamb in the first round. They drafted Michael Gallup pretty early. So they have all the, I mean, Dak Prescott was supposed to be the quarterback and then he got hurt in that last Giants game, which feels like years ago at this point. Um, but yeah, like those are, those are three wide receivers and a running back that, you know, the Giants have a few talented defensive players, but they can't cover everybody. James Bradbury can only cover one of those wide receivers. The other one is going to be on Isaac Yadam, who's kind of come back down to earth. And you saw against the Eagles, um, Andy Dalton did a good job of, you know, going away from their top. He wasn't throwing towards Darius Slay. He was throwing it towards their undrafted rookie that was starting. So I imagine they're going to target whoever Isaac Yadom is covering on Sunday. Um, I, and the last time they played, Ryan Lewis was a starter, which, like, I remember that name. Like, it feels like ages ago that he was a starter. Um, and Michael Gallup roasted him in that game. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, they need – the only chance they have really is if they get to the quarterback and they've shown no evidence they can do that. Nope. Nope. And I think, you know, they, if you put it on the other side, the only chance they have is if they score a lot of points. Yeah. I really think yeah. that that's be a shootout if they want to be in it. Yeah. And, and this team is not equipped to do that. I, I mean, I understand the Cowboys defensively are, are no great shakes this year and, and the giant did play them in a shootout in the first game. Um, yeah. But I just don't see um, that the giants would be, I mean, yeah, I feel like we're, we're not we're completely discounting the Giants chances in this game and maybe that's not fair because the Cowboys uh, are are not a great team but again they're playing really well right now and the Giants are not period the Cowboys are playing really well right now the Giants are not I mean that's what if the Giants were playing Washington in this game I think it's a totally different conversation and that well then he talked Cowboys Eagles was this week whatever anyway but I just think that this is the worst possible matchup at the worst possible time of any of these teams in the division, right? I mean, wouldn't you agree? I mean, of course, they'd love to be playing the, the Eagles as Doug Peterson potentially walks the plank, yeah. but um, it's not a good matchup. It's not not for the way they've been playing. I mean, but at the same time, if this team considers wants to be a playoff team and wants to say sure. we've made progress from the league, team. that you have to beat, uh, you have to win a game that matters also, and like so that they have every. I think. I think it would be fair to criticize, you know, at, at Joe Judge. You know, he's had – you have to consider all the talent, the lack of talent he has on his roster and all that. But, like, at a certain point, they go into week 17 somehow still in it, and they have a very you – know, all they have to do is win, and then, you know, the rest hopefully takes care of itself. But if you don't win, then it's not even a discussion. All of a sudden, your five wins, they could potentially still finish in last in the division, which is kind of like – one of the craziest, uh, you know, storylines of this week is how – you know, and I wrote about this after Sunday. There, there are scenarios – where they can either win the division or get the number three overall pick. And I, I can't imagine that's ever happened in the history of the NFL going that's into insane. the last week. I mean, those scenarios are wild where they need like six bad teams to win and they have to lose. So it's not going to happen. But the idea that like that even is like on the table is just absolutely bonkers. I mean, okay. we talked about this. I mean, 19 is the pick if you yeah. are the they, worst team and, and lose in the in the first round. Um, obviously, if you win a game in the playoffs, you move up further. I mean, the Giants right now are eighth at five and 10. So um, yeah, that's yeah, a I mean, crazy piece of trivia. Yeah. I mean, and, and that kind of goes into the discussion. I, I did want to have a little bit on here because I've seen it a lot on social media. Um, it kind of goes into the idea, you know, a lot of teams deal with it this time of the year, like the benefit of either losing the last game and getting a better draft pick 
or trying to win and hoping for the best or whatever. Um, you know, I think it's a very interesting discussion because this is a team that has been such a loser for so long. I understand why a lot of fans want to win. Um, I, I like they're obviously not going to go out and lose on purpose. That's just not how the Joe Judge for sure is wired, and I don't think the organization would. Have, I mean, they they weren't even trying to lose for years when they should have been more intensely trying to lose. So that's not going to happen. But like, I I would say for the future of this franchise, they probably still would be better off uh getting a better draft pick yes. this year because I do think there are some reasons for optimism going forward. Um certainly playing the playoffs would be a positive, but if you go to the playoffs and get killed, I don't really know how beneficial that is because I think they would play the Buccaneers as of now maybe. I, 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 so. I um I mean I mean the storyline of Tom Brady playing the Giants is too rich. Um and <laughs> they probably I don't know, some crazy stuff would probably happen. But um for yeah I don't know. I, I think you've seen enough positive momentum with Joe Judge and the staff um, and you kind of know what your your needs are. That I, I think you go in this offseason, you have really good draft picks, so you can use that to fill one of the needs, and then some of the money that you you build up from cutting some guys, you use on the other need. And I think you're in pretty good shape. I mean, you can still get a very good player at 19, certainly, and I've seen people argue that too. But you also like the 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 odds of you getting a great player decrease as you get further down in the order. That's that's just kind of like a historical fact. So. Um, I would, I would say like the worst case scenario is probably that they win and then Washington wins. So they don't get in anyway. So then they don't have as good of a draft pick as they could have or whatever, but I don't know. What, what, what is, what is your kind of take on that whole? Well, I think it depends on what you think of Dave Gettleman. If you think yeah. Dave Gettleman, I mean, if they make the playoffs, yeah, that's, that's part of it too, by the way. Yeah. Like yeah. The, what does it mean for his job security? And that's going to have long lasting implications for the organization because it, all right. So for instance, say, say you like Dave Gettleman, say you think that you think he can be the guy or you can kind of take it or leave it with him. Right. Um, and you say, all right, you know, they make the playoffs. Then obviously he stays, right. He's not going to get fired if they make the playoffs. Um, if he stays, you're talking about Gettleman going into what, uh, his fourth year. Um, and will you know, are they going to have to give him a year, you know, extend his contract by a year? Um, but that's another offseason where he's shaping your roster for the future. These are these are long term implication decisions that he'll be making. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, it if, if you if you if the Giants make the playoffs and pick, say, 19th and go one and done in the playoffs, it's not just that implication of it. It's it's Dave Gettleman staying. And if you don't think he's the right guy, then, you know, obviously you wouldn't like to see him stay. And so, so what do you, you know, would you like to see the Giants make the playoffs at six and 10, lose in the first round, pick 19th, have Gettleman stay to me? I think if you don't like Gettleman, that's the worst possible scenario, right? Because who can, it's one game in the playoffs. Now, of course, the optimism in any fan would be, hey, get in, make some noise. Of course, if the Giants make a run, and even win a game in the playoffs. Yeah. I think some fans, you know, you could look at that and say, wow, really impressive. Um, but, you know, and of course, once you're in, you have a shot at anything, but eh, I think that's, you know, we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. So it's the Gettleman factor too here, in addition to the draft pick. And and I've always thought this when it comes to like, I, I would hope that behind the scenes in organizations that they're not basically on one game. Like that seems insane to me. Like if you're right. so close to firing guy. If you're so close to firing a guy that the the one game at the end of the season is going to decide whether you keep him or not, then you should not keep him. <laughs> like, I, in gen with coaches or whatever it may be, like you need to look at the whole picture. You need to look at if okay, if you want to base on this whole season, I get that. Like, if you want to say okay, over the course of this whole season, we saw some things that we're optimistic about going forward. I don't know if 
I would agree with that necessarily from Gettleman's perspective, but like I could see Mara making that argument, and he might very well, very well might make that argument this offseason. I would be shocked though if they if say they went six and ten, they lost and they went one and done in the playoffs. I would be shocked if he was fired, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, that, that that's what I mean though. Like that, that's I mean they'll hang their hat on the fact that they made the playoffs, but they tripped into the playoffs. Like but they, do you think the? Uh, I think I think he's. I don't think he'll get fired, but no. Nah. Um, I, I lean I lean in general towards him not getting fired at this point. Um, yes. Just because, like, just the narrative around the team, uh, like, within the team, I mean, it just seems like um, he's getting a lot of credit for the positive when I when I think, and I think you agree, that they would be in better shape if he had done a better job. So, Of course. Um, he's, like, 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 like there's a reason for optimism, but they, all the, they lost, like, five games by less than ten points. They would have won at least one or two of those if a few of his mistakes aren't it's, there. You know, so. the one thing about Gettleman, I mean, it's easy to forget his mistakes because so many of them are not around anymore. It's easy to yeah. forget Nate Solder because he's not here. Yeah. It's easy to forget DeAndre Baker because he's not, you know, he's in on the practice squad of the Chiefs, but he's not, these guys aren't even present on NFL on Sundays in the NFL, right? So obviously Golden Tate, you know, was a mistake and he's still with the Giants. It's easy to forget Alec Ogletree. Another guy who is not in the league. So <laughs> these guys are kind Patrick, of Patrick Omame or however you say it. Not that, sight, out of mind. Not a, Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, all these all those moves that he made. But 2018, think, 2018 has the offseason of twenty eighteen set back this franchise like multiple years. And and but but then it's people have these short memories, right? And yeah. um, you know, some people do. I'm sure, you know, thinking giant fans will look at this and say, you know, I don't forget DeAndre Baker, I don't forget <laughs> I don't forget yeah, I mean I think they're I think they're I think more fans than not still want Gettleman gone, but sure. I think they also are like, like the, so I've seen like fans fighting with each other about like, I want, do I want them to win? Cause it means Gettleman is going to stay or do I want them to lose? Cause it means he's going to go. Like I want to go to the playoffs. So I, I might probably the playoffs. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I could like, again, I've seen people report and I don't think the giants really let this stuff out. So I don't know if I believe all the, I think, I don't know. I think the only person that knows what's going to happen is John Mara and Steve Tisch. And maybe Joe Judge has some input in there. Um, I, I, I don't get the sense that they're the type of organization that like even has made a decision yet necessarily. But um, yeah, like I've seen stuff about like you know Dave get, Dave Gettleman being reassigned or retiring. I don't see him retiring. Um, so I don't know. Maybe this is his last year. Next year, and you use next year where you say, all right, we'll get a better offense around him, and then this will be the year we evaluate. I mean, yeah, the, the, the COVID so- thing. Like John Mayer, kind of like laid the groundwork in his preseason press conference about how you have to adjust your evaluation because of the COVID situation. Yeah. And I get that to a degree. Um, and Gettleman had a better offseason, but like still, his mistakes were still glaring. Like the fact they didn't add any receivers. Like if he had added the wrong receiver, like, okay, at least he tried, but he didn't add any wide receivers. They only signed Tyler Fackrell and drafted an Ed Rusher in the seventh round. Like th- these are two, like two of the most important positions because it's a passing league. So I, I don't know. I, 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 he deserves praise for Bradbury, Martinez, Logan Ryan, whatever. But like the, the only were able to sign Logan Ryan because Nate Solder opted out. So, right. And um, I guess with Gettleman, you know, I think the retiring thing would it would look so weird and lame. You know, like no one would believe that he actually retired, yeah, yeah. He retired yeah. this year when he was in on the hot seat. Um, you know, I think if it's next year and it's another year and they don't play well, I, I'm sure people will say that too. But I mean, he'll be a year old or whatever. But you know, he made it very clear entering the season that he he was full of energy and wanted to prove 
prove people wrong. And the Giants made it very clear that he was on the hot seat. So, I mean, if it comes out that he retires and maybe he would, would, but no one would look at it like that or no one would, would believe that he actually retired. They would say he was forced out. I mean, if, if you're Gettleman and they're going to fire you or say, oh, we're going to let you retire, I would say, fire me. Don't make me look like a fool. Yeah. Because you know, yeah, I don't want I don't want to retire. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's kinda like the whole that's kinda like the whole like John Mara, they like treating their own as well as they can or whatever kind of thing. So Sure. Um, and I, that's why I think ultimately he, he will be back. I think yeah. that's part of it. You know, the oh. longstanding relationship the Mara's uh John Mara and Steve Tish and, and Dave Gettleman, I think um they like him. And uh he's given him enough. He's given him enough to sit to stay. Yeah. Like I it, I mean, he had his best offseason. He showed improvement. I think John Mara had the quote where he needs to improve his batting average. He has, but he was below the Mendoza line before that. So, right. And now he's, you know, I don't know what the, in 200, I, I guess, or I, he's I, in I a player. My baseball knowledge is slipping. So yeah, um, I haven't paid as much attention to baseball. <laughs> I, I think, you know, yeah, he's given him enough from, from their perspective. I think from our perspective, we would say, no, he, he hasn't, and he should be fired. But I think if you're Mara, you can you can explain it away without without the without. I guess the pitchforks are going to come out right anyway. But I think you can. There's enough there for Mara to spin and justify keeping him. Um, I, I think what's going to wind up. So I think they're they're going to need a scapegoat for how bad the offense was, and it's pretty clearly going to be Jason Garrett. You would think whether that's fair to like I. He's definitely left a lot to be desired, but they also yeah. didn't give him enough talent. Like that's just the reality. So like. I mean, he, he they they probably need a new offensive coordinator in here anyway. Um, I imagine Joe Judge is the type that is going to be willing to make changes every year. I think Bill Belichick was like that too. Um, so I mean, we've talked plenty about Garrett, but so to, to bring it back to Gettleman, um, and, and we tie this in. Like, so one of the biggest news items uh, of the last week was Logan Ryan, kind of surprising to me, um, signed a three-year deal worth thirty-one million dollars to stay here for long term, and this kind of ties into the Gettleman thing because then it. Goes, begs the question of like, who's making these decisions if he's on the hot seat or whatever. Um, my my impression about this was I I, I would guess that, um, just based on everything I know about Logan and about Joe Judge, that Joe Judge really probably pushed for this. Uh, Logan said that the Giants approached him and asked him if he wanted to stay with the Giants beyond this year. Logan said he said yes, and they offered him pretty much the exact contract he was looking for in free agency that nobody has given him. Um, he's talked a lot over the last week about how he never felt like a team, uh, you know, gave him the respect he deserved until the Giants. And this is a guy who won Super Bowls with the Patriots. So um, I thought that was interesting. But, like, I was definitely surprised by this. I think it makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. I can see the positives and the negative. The positives being that he's so important to what they've been able to do this year. He's a leader. Um, he's a good player that can play a lot of spots. The downside is that he's 30. He's going to be one of the t- 10 highest paid safeties in the league. And now they're not going to be able to keep one of Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson. Like, wh- what side do you fall on, positive or negative here? I mean, he's a good guy. He's a locker room leader. I mean, look, we don't know if he's a good guy. He seems like a good guy. Uh, <laughs> he's a locker room leader. He's going to be thirty, like you said, uh, going into next season. This is a young roster that needs veteran presence. I, you know, that's all very important. Um, so, you know, I don't think it's it's wholly positive or wholly negative. I haven't seen any of the full details come out about. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of it has to do with what like the cap, what the cap it is in twenty twenty one is a big part of it. Yeah, 
and and really what the, what the I mean it's three years thirty one million it's not three years thirty one million everyone knows that this is not yeah. how NFL contracts work like they could probably get out of it after two years or whatever surely yeah. they can. oh my god uh, obviously you know, definitely they they'd be able to get out of it after two years um, that's probably what it really is it's a two year whatever deal with a dead with a small dead cap in year three so what's what's the reality how how did they structure the signing bonus how did they structure the guaranteed money I mean however you slice it. You, you can't hide all that money. So it is a sizable contract, no matter how you slice it. You're talking about a guy who is, I looked it up just now. He's 42nd in PFF's uh, safety ratings this year among safeties who have played 50% of the snaps. 42. Uh, well, Tyron Matthews, 41. So <laughs> I guess he's not having a great year, but, uh, <laughs> and Jabril Pepper is 39. So then again, Jamal Adams, 38, right? So, um, I don't know that these PFF rankings are not gospel. Um, Marcus May is third. He's having a great year. So th- that that's reflective in, in that. But I don't know if that, you know, I think it, it's just a lot of money for a guy. For, yeah. For number one, for a guy that old, a guy who's, he's a fine guy, right? But he's not a great player, period. He's not. He's good. Um, he's not great. Yeah. I think that's he's, a, he's a slightly above average starting NFL player. And the, for the Giants, could they do better than that if they went if they got let him walk and then tried to replace him in the offseason? That's what I think Dave Gettleman looked at and said, maybe we can't do better than, than this. But you know, it's like with free agency though; they're overpaying them very clearly, overpaying them. And that's and kind of the thing that people don't realize sometimes with free agency is in order to get somebody, you have to overpay them. Like that that's how you get somebody to sign with you. And that's you know, basically I'm, what they did here, you know. And he, I think he clearly was a guy that values himself very highly. He says that, um, and. Like he, he didn't get the money he wanted this last offseason, so he didn't sign with anyone. Um, I don't I'm, I'm I would have been curious to see what his market would have been, especially with the reduced cap, um, which is the only reason why I was like hesitant about whether they should have done it this early. But like at the, same time, at the same time, if they value him this much, you want to get it before he hits free agency. And I think you know if if they don't, tr- I think you'll be able to kind of tell uh, who they value more out of Leonard Williams and Dalvin. Tomlinson basically they can't sign Williams right now because he's on the franchise tag so if they were to go and extend Dalvin Tomlinson before the end of the season or you know before March then that kind of means that they've moved on from Leonard so I that's going to be one of the more interesting things I've seen because like on one hand Leonard you know obviously had a great year but it's a contract year and he has a history of not getting sacks he finally got them this year in his contract year he's going to demand 18 to 22 million dollars is what somebody uh, I talked to recently told me um, that's a lot of money to hand out. And whereas I, I, I've, I've heard like, t- like 10 to 14 million range for Dalvin. So if you, you know, you, you decide, do you, I want to sign Leonard and not be able to sign as many other guys, or do I want to sign Dalvin and use like the, that 6 million extra to go and get a starter on defense or something. And, and the giants are middle of the pack in cap space for 2021 in a pinched year. Obviously there's teams that are in disastrous situations cap wise, but, um, it's not like the Giants have a lot of cap space, which is why it gets back to the good point you made earlier there. It depends uh, on how the 2021 cap looks for that Logan Ryan deal. That'll go a long way toward you yeah. know, the final yeah, on that right now, I, I, think over, I think over the cap has them at like 16 million for next year. So if you, yeah. okay, so if it's around that, so the it's 31 million over three years. So if they can get that first year at like, I don't know, hopefully they can get it at $6 million, $8 million. Like you, you would hope that they don't didn't front load it. That would be a very bad idea. Um, and so that, that'll kind of play a, a big part. Like you yeah, said, and it really just in layman's terms for people to kind of understand how it works, they would just backload the salaries so that yeah. what they probably would do is give them a small amount, 
like they'd give him a signing bonus and that's prorated over the life of the contract. And then it'd probably be a small, fully guaranteed salary for the first year. And then maybe there's some like monster salary in the last year that's not guaranteed. So it's not even real, real money for the, yeah. the, the only lingering loose end in that last year would be whatever his signing bonus proration would be. So the salary cap in the NFL is insane because no, whatever number you see, like it, it, it's not real. <laughs> No, it, it's that's it's, why I would describe the salary cap. Whatever you're looking at, like it, yeah. it is just it is just like a breakdown in reality. And like it's so easily changed. Like teams restructure deals to get more money, and they shuffle a bonus here, and everybody like praises a guy for reshuffling his deal. But in reality, he just got his money quicker, like because it's like a bonus. Like it's well, that's what they did with Nate Solder, the Giants, and that's why they're they're in a tough spot with him because they yeah. restructured his contract after the first year and thinking, you know, wow, you know this guy's pretty good, whatever we didn't. He, and then of course he went in the tank and now they're stuck with him. So there's, and then, and then he opted out. Yeah. There's problems on both sides of that with, with restructuring. And if you're a player and you, you know, obviously guys do take pay cuts, but it doesn't happen as often as guys restructuring their contract, which just still means that, like you said, you're getting the same amount of money. You're just getting it at different times. So, um, and it's, it's all, it's purely a cap related thing, but for, for, for a straight up contract, like Logan Ryan got, I would be curious to see if for the purposes of this contract, because it is a three-year contract, it, it looks like it, they don't count 2020 as part of the contract. Um, but we'll, Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I guess they – maybe they in theory could spread the bonus out over four years. Uh, then because it would they, be, they would technically call it a four-year deal in that case, yeah. and that would be s- smart to do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious, that's why, I mean, they haven't officially, like, I haven't seen the official contract numbers anywhere. They did announce the signing already. So, um, so I wonder if that's why they did it right now. So they can kind of spread it that's out. That's what they just did with Quincy and Nunwa a couple of years ago, which was an insanely idiotic contract. But for the purposes of cap, they signed him before the end of the year so they could spread out his signing bonus over four years instead of three years. So with Logan Ryan, if, if this really is a contract through 2023, but they term it as a four-year deal, um, then that will let them spread out his signing bonus uh, over four years in terms of a proration. So that could that could help things considerably um, because you know you're at the end of the year here, the Giants. Um, you can you don't the cap space you're having in 2020. You could say you might as well use it. You can roll it over, of course, to 2021. That's the other thing. So the so it, it's just however you want to use the cap space and moving it around, but. Um, it's not like you can really fool the numbers all that much, but, um, I'll be interested to see how they structure it. Cause a lot of times when a guy does sign before the end of the year, they do allow that to happen with, with the signing bonus proration being on the current year as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, before we go, we should, we did talk a little bit about what we think, how this is going to play out on Sunday. We're not, it sounds like we're not both overly optimistic. Um, I didn't submit my my pick just yet. Like I, I always wait till the end of the week, but um, because I think I just don't see how the cow the cow uh, Giants can stop that Cowboys offense, and and that they definitely can't match them in scoring. I think I'm gonna have it something like thirty to seventeen Cowboys win. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. What I sent you earlier in the week. Um, look, I think if you the one thing we didn't touch on. We did in general, but the last three weeks, the Giants have lost 26 to 7, 20 to 6, and 27 to 13. They've gotten spanked three, again, by better teams than the Cowboys, but they've gotten spanked three weeks in a row. That has to concern Giant fans. I mean, I'm sure it does. 
Um, I've got in this game 27 to 10 for the Cowboys. I, I don't see any way that all of a sudden Daniel Jones and this offense is going to become this juggernaut that can keep pace with the Cowboys. And on the other hand, I don't see any way the Giants keep the Cowboys offense under, say, 21, 24. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you think Jones and this offense can score 30? No way, right? It, so fun, today, uh, Wednesday, when we're recording this, um, Daniel Jones, like, I don't know if this was on purpose, like as a strategy to trick the Cowboys or if Joe Judge is going to flip at him. But Daniel Jones was like, yeah, I mean, if you just watch the film, I haven't been able to to move around at all. We've mostly been stuck in the pocket, and that's probably what it's going to be like this week. Like, it was the most honest thing Daniel Jones <laughs> ever said. And like it, and somebody followed up to like just to make sure, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, you know, we just haven't been, able, I just haven't been able to move. So until I'm healthy, you'll probably just be in the pocket." I'm just like, that doesn't seem like something Joe Judge would want out there unless he told him to say it. So yeah, unless uh, the exact opposite. But the but, one thing, but if, that, if that is true, and he still can't move, then that reduces my confidence in this offense significantly. So it's interesting you mentioned that because I noticed the injury report that came out tonight. He was a full uh, participant. Yeah, he was a full participant. Number one. And number two, he is no longer listed on there with the uh, with the ankle injury. It's just yeah. the hamstring injury now. So Jones is saying this in one moment on Wednesday, uh, <laughs> while probably still be limited. And what the injury report tells us is he's actually getting considerably healthier. Now the hamstrings are going to be a, a nagging issue. It sounds like the ankle wasn't that big of a deal, considering it's not even listed on the injury report anymore, which means he's not getting treatment for it. So. Maybe it's a ruse. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I think they're going to need more than a little a ruse. It was just so strange. I mean, you've been on a lot of Daniel Jones conference calls. He's not someone who gives away anything. You could ask him, hey, what what uh, what color is the sky right now, Dan? He's like, oh, I don't know. You know, whatever it usually is. Like that, That's all we would get from him. Like, he's not someone who gives out information. So just even just like reading back the quotes, I was just like, all right, uh, this, this seems interesting. That's all Part I'll of the say. grand plan. Boy, watch him not even be on the injury report tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> or what if, what if he's like bench because Joe's like, we don't give out information. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think no matter what they, they do gamesmanship or whatever, or brutal honesty, I, I'm sure the Cowboys expect him to be, to be limited. Yeah. And that's, um, that's also they're like, it could, I mean, maybe it's just him saying that. And then the Cowboys over, he thinks that Cowboys will overcompensate based on his one quote, but I don't know. Right, and I'm sure this they're preparing for him to be to be not yeah. himself, but but with the knowledge that when when this guy is mobile, he's really you know that he's really can be really effective. So, uh, you know, like an, another week where I'd be shocked if they if they we said this last week, I would be shocked if they won. They they didn't win. We picked them to we picked the other games to not go in their favor, and, and they did. Um, but this is a week where they're going to actually have to do something. Uh, finally, after three straight yeah. losses, they yeah, controlled they've, they've their always to win. They've like everybody always was saying, "Well, they're still in the race when they were losing." And now, if they lose, it's over. So they have to win. Like you, <laughs> so uh, that's what makes it. You know, but that's you know, I think that's what makes this week fascinating. Is they can't back in. Some of these teams can back in this week, um, and uh, I think it makes it fascinating that that they're not going to be able to. And I think they'd probably have it no other way. And to ask to get into the playoffs at five and eleven is pure insanity, but so so would be uh, a lot of people would have thought six and ten would be, but the years have been pure insanity in every way anyway. So, well, and so the funny, so I thought I found this kind of funny. So like there was the quote from John Mayer where he's like, "We want to be playing meaningful football in December," and somebody tweeted, that. "I'm like, well, he didn't say that they uh, 
wanted to be playing meaningful football in January. So this doesn't necessarily fall in line with that. I mean, he didn't say that they wanted to be playing well while playing meaningful football. <laughs> <laughs> hey, He's doing meaningful games. They're not playing well, but. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, so we can wrap up on that note. Um, this A week from now, this podcast could go one of two ways. We could be previewing a playoff game or we could be talking about, you know, the season in review and looking ahead to the offseason. Um, I have, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm tired of guessing what's going to happen because it always goes the opposite of what I think. So, and but what about the night game? Do you think that Washington wins or not? Yeah, I, I just don't. The Eagles have, I mean, I guess the Eagles could play spoiler. Um, but the, the Eagles aren't a team that has played with a whole lot of energy or motivation all year. And I just don't see them on a Sunday night after sitting on their butts all day or their season's over. Um, and you, I mean, they've just been a mess all year. Like, I, I just don't see how they can go out and be. I mean, Washington is also kind of a mess, but if Alex Smith plays, I'd say I think this, it's a, it's a mute point, if you will. Uh, <laughs> uh, you you think that you know it doesn't matter? It winds up not mattering. Washington wins, wins the division. That's your yeah, thought. exactly. So, yeah, yeah. especially if, if Alex Smith is a quarterback, and like if it's Terrell Heineke. Um, maybe the Eagles have a chance. But. I think they lose. I think the Washington loses if he's the quarterback. If, if Smith is a the quarterback, they win. And yep, then, yep. so it's. Okay. I think it's Cowboys, Heineke, Cowboys, Smith, Washington. There you go. All right, not Giants is what we both say. So <laughs> certainly yeah. not win now. Be to to spite us. They <laughs> uh, listen to this podcast. All right. Um, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, as always, leave us some reviews. Subscribe. And uh, we'll hit you back with another episode next week. Uh, And we have no idea what the context will be yet. Thanks for listening.